On this week's episode, we discuss our first date, Jared admits to exploiting endangered animals, and we spend way too much time discussing my vowels. I'm Jared Nichols. I'm Paul Tulin. And this is the best pandemic ever. Paul, we are on, my friend. I got a lot on my mind this week, honestly. That may be the thing that immediately gets people to hit the stop button. But I had like, I'm losing sleep over the last couple of nights. I was like, oh, I got to tell Jared about this. Oh, I got to tell Jared about this. Oh, I got to tell Jared about this. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm ready. It's the middle of the week. I'm feeling good. P.S. By the way, we never covered this, but those whatever back room drug cartel sleep aid you gave me, which you claimed were over-the-counter CVS specials, mm. I, I forgot to tell you. I really wanted to let you know. They didn't do shit. So thanks for nothing. <laughs> Those things, they didn't do anything. They did nothing. So, yeah, I was like, man, these things. Yeah, I, I, yeah, they, they, did, they did not help. But I will tell you this. Um, the machine, I'm getting used to. Are so you? I'm getting more sleep. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm getting more energy, if you can imagine. That's actually a thing. That's so, really good. And I think, you know, the thing that's really important that I'm hoping, and maybe you can share this with us, is that it's, uh, it's stopped the, um, uh, what is it? It was the nocturnal diarrhea that I thought you were, and you know, all the, uh, I mean, the, the toll that took on the linens in your house must have been just. No, that's got nothing to do with that. No, that's oh, gone that's something else? Yeah, oh, no, okay. that's, I thought that was sleep not, mm. No, no, they, they, did not, Sorry. they didn't solve that yet. No, not yet? Oh, uh, okay, good. So, I think that's yeah, a symptom so of COVID, by the way. Really you don't want to get that checked out. Like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. My wife says, she's like, you have IBS. I'm like, no, I don't. If I don't crap with my pants, I'm fine. So, so, so we never really talked about this because, you know, we've talked about, like, working out and all this other kind of stuff. We never really talked right. about sleep, which is a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Um, probably the hugest of deals. I can't remember the guy's name, but I listened to a really amazing sleep um, scientist probably two years ago. And the statistics that they have on sleep is unequivocal. It's unbelievable yeah. the stats that they have that demonstrate how important good sleep is, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you know, I, I've been a crappy sleeper forever. They diagnosed me with sleep apnea. I was like, how could that be? Apparently, it's because, you know, soldiers live their entire life waking up in the middle of the night, you know, for, for any number of reasons. <laughs> and so, like, so, like it develops. And uh, I was like, and, and, and so I had to get the, uh, the sleep machine, the CPAP thing. And I was, and I was despondent, man. I was like, I, I don't want this thing. Like, I don't want to oh, be that guy and strap all this gear to, to, my, to my face. I'll never be able to do it. And I went for a month with just fighting it, fighting it. And everybody told me, everybody said the same thing. They said, listen, I know it sucks, but as soon as you get used to it and it starts working, you're going to notice a huge difference. And you know what? I'm, I'm right about, you're I'm on right now. about there. Yeah. yeah. But you were skeptical big thing, time. Oh, huge. Well, not that I was skeptical. I was just skeptical whether or not I could handle it. And the fact of the matter is there's a huge psychological component to it too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like grappling with the idea that, you know, you're getting old enough to have to need these kind of things. I mean, you got to you, you, you've yeah, got right. to wrestle with that. Yeah. You know? Um, and so anyway, so all of that to say, thanks for nothing. Those moon pills you gave me did not work. I tried them all. but They didn't work. So the natural sleep supplement that I gave you just just totally bombed. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah totally. And I've tried that stuff before. Melatonin and it's Bella, called Midnight. Yeah, not yeah, me right that root? Oh, valerian root. Yeah, but isn't that in there? Oh, this is a concoction of herbs. 
It, yeah. Know, there could be some stuff that's on like the band band substance. Yeah, that did not work out. <laughs> you, so anyway, you right. had to go get a piss test, and the army's like, oh, "I'm sorry, man. Oh, uh, we yeah, found like out. four or five different uh, herbs in your." <laughs> yeah. So your... so that's good. So so I I only wanted to tell you that because I I I forgot I've been remiss in 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 admonishing you for giving me that, which mm. did absolutely nothing for me. I always like to make sure that we circle back around so I can tell you the things that you've provided for me for assistance, which have failed. Oh, so, no, uh, no, I appreciate sure. that. It certainly keeps me yeah, humble. It's all about, yep, yeah. it's all about keeping people grounded. It's so, all about accountability. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I want to revisit one other thing. Okay. So last week, so I know people are, I, I do not want to have another episode about masks. I get it. Yeah, yeah, okay. but I, I, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so so I don't want to, have a, but I need to revisit one thing, which is I talked about. I think it was last week that I had come around on masks for a number of reasons. You know, the, something is better than nothing. If it makes somebody else feel better, then that's then uh, that's that's great, and it's only temporary. And this input from different people. Of course, my wife was like, "You totally misrepresented what I was saying." What I was saying was, <laughs> I wear a mask. She was saying, "No, that's not what I meant." She said, "I wear a mask because I." I don't want to make other people sick. She's like, I feel a responsibility not to infect other people. And if, if this prevents that, then that's what I'm going to do. I said, okay, She's well, so I'll, much I'll go on the record. You. So much better. Yeah, yeah, than no, no, go ahead. Absolutely much better human. But what I didn't say is the, the, the fourth part to that was that I had, I, I continued to struggle. I continued to grapple with the, you know, with the, the whole idea of the mask for a number of reasons. Um, one of which is I'm not really afraid of getting COVID in the same way that I'm not really afraid of getting the flu. I don't want to get it, but it doesn't keep me up at night. I don't think if I get it, it's going to kill me. I'm not in the risk pool of any kind. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just not. Um, so I didn't say that when, when, and you know, I had a conversation with a great, this great guy who works for me, so smart, young guy, you know, husband, father, Green Beret. Um, just, a, and, and we were talking about it because we had someone come down to Fort Bragg to provide a workshop for us, a transition workshop, and they were in masks and they noted some of, you know, some of the guys, they noted how it was in, you know, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. She's like, oh my gosh, like, you people are crazy. No one's wearing a mask. And he's like, yeah, well, it's a, you know, it's just a, a different risk perspective. These are airborne, par you know, these are you know, right. airborne infantry. There's a, you know, they have a different perspective on risk. And the thing that he said was that I thought was very illuminating was, you know, we all have, we've all thought a lot about this. Like, like we struggle with this. It's not like I, you know, I, I don't wear a mask because I'm flippant and I don't care about people. And it's disappointing when someone says, Oh, that guy doesn't wear a mask. He's a lunatic. He doesn't care about people. I, I care very deeply about people. I've dedicated my life to, to saving complete strangers in foreign lands. You know what I mean? So it's, I, I think my, the, the only mask message I want to have, and then, well, actually, there's two mask messages because I'm going to submarine you here in a minute. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the, the one mask is, you know, you can't just presume anybody's position automatically makes them one thing or another. Right. There are people who think a lot about this um, and struggle with it and tr trying to do the right thing. And, and, and so, you know, it shouldn't be this automatically polarizing things. You talk about it all the time, how everything becomes politicized. And I mean, I, you yeah. know, I, I, I agree on that. But anyway, um, one more thing about masks, and then I promise Do that, it. That, that we, yeah. So I'm driving down the road today, and this is not new. I've seen this elsewhere, mostly on the internet, and this is where I think I'm going to have you. 
I saw a sign that said, you know, masks, colors slash designs. In other words, you go into the sew shop and they can make them whatever you want, right? And it occurred to me that whatever your position is on masks, it's pretty good. We, we've pretty much come to the conclusion that it's a, right now it's a good thing to do, right? You, yeah. you know, you, sh you should be wearing a mask, which means you should cover, you should be covering your face. It doesn't mean that you need to go out and get that other thing that you need to spend money on to have, right? You don't need to go out to get the custom mask with your, you know, with the Carolina oh, Panthers on it. How you, dare you? Because it's because it. Listen, you this is your language. This is you. <laughs> this is just one more thing that people are going to go out and have because they think they need to have it, right? That is that is right out of your book, man. That is your oh. whole. That is your whole jam. That's. This people getting making money to buy stuff that they don't need. This right. is this is the exact same thing. But they do need, they need a mask. They need something to cover their face, which could Can be. Can I any tell you what kind of mask house, they need to cover their face? I'll tell you sock. the map. I'll tell you the mask they need to cover I know their what face. You're say. It's the it's the custom best pandemic ever yeah. face masks yeah. that we are going are. to be putting out there in short order, and we are starting to take pre-orders right now. Thanks to Paul Tulin, who is the master of merchandise. So, you yeah. are killing me. You're killing me. <laughs> that is not what I had in mind when I said merchandise. I'm thinking oh, like t-shirts. We really, do. you know, we need to make that the cover of this uh, episode. Is that best pandemic ever mask? That's what we, I'm going to do. That I'm going to do that. Well, you have. All, I mean, you have all the control over that. I know. It's really. It's totally a dick really move. Piss me mm. off. So, oh man. Anyway, so, so that. So that was my. That was my. That was my. Well, two, so, my bits on on masses. Yeah, week. I've seen that kind of stuff too, and I, so I get it. So on a little bit more of a serious note, it's like, look, guys, let's not normalize this thing. Where it's like, yeah, great. I mean, we don't need Versace masks. We definitely need best pandemic ever masks. I mean, uh, but we don't need Versace masks. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, this isn't going to be this forever. I started seeing them. It's like fashion mask, and it oh, like so has the dazzled and all this kind of like, oh my god, it's just one more thing to say nothing of. I mean, don't even get me on the disposable, you know, my disposable high horse. I mean, we have, you know, we we boy did we ever turn up the volume on single use items mm. when this pandemic hit. You know, like we were on, like we were kind of moving towards people starting to think about gaining a little, maybe gaining a little bit of ground on single use plastic, single use paper, whatever it is. And man, that thing just, just blew that right out of the water. I mean, I think we took a serious step back there. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we couldn't even use our, uh, our reusable bags at the grocery store. Grocery, the grocery stores in the beginning of this were like, look, you can't, you have to use what we have here. And then now they let you bring them in, at least in the Harris Teeters in Charlotte, they let you bring them in, but you have to bag. Where's like, the science like, behind that, man? There's Where's none. Where's the science behind you can't use your own grocery bag? I'm standing in my own shirt. They're afraid. Not, yeah. They're, they're afraid of bringing in stuff. Right. Yeah. It, th Listen, there's if no. You wanna, if you want to preclude me bringing something in, you better start with my underpants. That's the first thing that probably you don't want walking no through the doubt. door. No doubt. And we addressed that at the beginning industry. of this episode That's already it, why right? you don't want to would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're already. <laughs> this thing's going to be in the toilet. So yeah, man, I, this I don't see any, reason, I don't see I any reason to try and elevate it at this point. We really shouldn't. Know? We really shouldn't. But you know, you're right. I mean, there's that is the thing. And I think that's the that goes back to something we talk about almost every episode is the misinformation and the constantly changing uh, protocols that are being put into place. And uh, it's just, it's a moving target all the time. So it gets really frustrating. And a lot of it- But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a scientifically moving target. I think it's a no, politically it's, moving target. Yeah, well, it's a, I read this one study, and if I happen to have a voice and people listen to me, 
that I'm going to put this out here, this one study. But there, the, a lot of these studies haven't been peer-reviewed. And then the ones that have been peer-reviewed, it takes months and months and months. So everybody's just really shooting in the dark right now. So I think it really comes down to the basic understandings of what COVID-19 is. It's an upper respiratory infection. So the obvious thing is that it's an upper respiratory infection. So uh, wear a mask. That's as simple as that. Is that, and we don't know how long it incubates. Those things are still out there. And it's okay. Let's just say we don't know. Instead of, oh, no, it incubates for this long. Or, oh, no, it's only... They constantly are changing. Well, kids don't get it. When we were down in Atlanta, we had we went to the Atlanta Zoo. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law, they're members down there. So that was probably the best experience at the Atlanta Zoo I've ever had because they were only letting 50%. It was only 50% capacity. So chilled. And, um, I mean, it was kind of depressing, right, because they're not making a ton of money. It's the most emaciated tiger I've ever seen in my life. Ah, that was sad. But uh, Seriously? Oh, my God. He, was t- he looked like just an overgrown tomcat. Oh, man, that's... Yeah, that's kind I of a bummer. That. But, you know, I mean, the folks at the zoo are doing a good job for what they've got. Uh, so it's not a critique on the Atlanta Zoo. Boy, I really took that one down the wrong path. The point yeah. was is that I, I, tend, I tend to do that. <laughs> the point is is that we had to wear masks while we were outside and keep our distance. It's like, okay, fine. you know. Um, but the, here's the thing that didn't make sense. Um, children under the age of 10 did not have to wear a mask. And I thought, What? So, so it's like at a certain age, you're like, oh, well, you know, the latest science is showing that children under 10 are, are far less likely to contract the disease. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, it's, oh, no, 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 everybody needs to because children can be, you know, one of the biggest carriers of this disease, and they're just completely asymptomatic. So there's just a lot of that out there. They're shooting in the dark. Um, I think this is a, an opportunity for, well, this, this is almost impossible in today's current environment. But where experts could come out and say, look, we just don't know. So let's go down to the basic things that we know will keep us safe. Let's not overreact, but let's all get on the same page of here's the simple things we can do to move forward together. Wear a mask um, and just keep your distance from other people, right? And just wash your hands. Bottom line. If we were dealing with like, you know, this flesh-eating bacteria and people who were, you know, just like it was just ravaging the population all ages, then I think, you know, a lot of the restrictive measures make sense because we'd see it right in front of our faces. Mm. But this one, it keeps changing. You know, that target keeps changing. The information keeps changing and nobody trusts the leadership right now on any level. So, yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> yep. That's a uh, real bummer. We've yeah. This, yeah. But that brings us times. that brings us into what you wanted to talk about today. You were really hyped up about this. It must be all the good sleep you're getting, getting extra pumped about virtual reality not necessarily the virtual reality platform of like putting on a headset maybe that is the direction you want to go on uh or actual reality as you call ar so paul why don't you set us up here well let me let me tell you exactly why this occurred to me okay so on one of my on one of my many trips (laughs) around around the nation um if you've not listened to our field reports before we have several um and there's another one coming up (laughs) yeah we have two two, well all right so after this week it'll be several So um, I saw a billboard and I'm going to paraphrase. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was like a young, you know, an attractive young lady. And it said something to the effect of it was clearly a company whose intention was to help you quote. uh, And I'm putting this in quotes, kind of design your best digital self. In other words, you know, I am so naive that I have come to believe that people are starting to recognize the danger of 
all of our, you know, where we have evolved to virtually with social media and these kind of, you know, the kind of mediums that we use now, whether it's text or Twitter, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I'm so naive. I've started to believe that people now kind of see the dangers in that. And clearly that is not as much the case as I hoped it would be because there are lots of companies out there trying to not only, well, who are working against it, who are trying to encourage people to be online more. And essentially that means they're encouraging people to be more disconnected. So, so that got me thinking about, man, right now we are so, we have accelerated our immersion in a virtual space. And, you know, I, I was interested in knowing what you thought about where we were Um, am I, you know, am I delusional? Am I paranoid? Um, you know, what's your perspective on where we're headed with all of our virtual interaction as a result of the pandemic? So that's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Well, buckle up. I'm going to enlighten you here. It's going to change your life, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you were asking, are you delusional or paranoid? When our last episode, we talked about me searching for spyware in my hotel rooms just as like, that's my normal check. I'm like, I'm the guy, if there is spyware in there, they see me like looking up into the air conditioning vent, checking for like holes in the lights and stuff. And so I think you're good. Me on the other hand, not so much. So yeah, you're leading the charge. Oh yeah. Big time. Mine is a little more tempered than that. Right. You're like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I mean, look, everything, everything, everything right now. So, so much. Well, I mean, I don't see so much in my daily life. So maybe Again, to go go back to my standard model of validating things. I don't see it in my daily life. We're not using a ton of virtual technology at work anymore. We work for a little bit. I mean, there's a few virtual meetings, but still, there's a lot of stuff going on in person. Maybe, you know, maybe it's more like that than I think. Well, give me an example. Give me give me an example of something you've read recently or seen that made this, that brought this up for you. Because it depends. So my answer is going to depend on the context. You know, if it's large organizations and it's remote working and how everybody's online all the time, I, you know, right. I think how it has. So for me, the real, uh, danger, problem, issue, quandary is how it, how it permeates into community. Right. So I'm not talking about, you know, mm. necessarily work, although that's a secondary or tertiary. Uh, okay. So effect. this is about, I'm talking yeah. about community. I'm talking about the way that people interact with each other. And as a result of all this, we have begun to normalize, like, so we might be going to a memorial for a young man who passed away. Circumstances aren't important. Mm. Um, and Christine's looking into the details and um, uh, the attendance details. And it's possible they're going to do it virtually. Well, what the hell? Like, how? Yeah. We can't, like, that's not a way for humans. Humans aren't designed to live like that. Like, that's not, that is not where we need to be as humans especially like the whole purpose of a memorial is to console the grieving through human interaction. Right. Uh, am I going to do that virtually? There's no way it's not going to. So anyway, that's just, that's just one example of it's com, I'm talking about community based family based our true social interaction outside of work. Gotcha. Um, so this yeah. billboard was alluding to how do we enhance your digital life so that you yeah. can be, more connected digitally and virtually. Right which, right, which also implies, it also implies, let us, look, if if I if you look at the history of my Facebook page, which I'm not active on Facebook anymore, 
except to check, you know, check into my friends and look for pictures of their fun stuff. But if you look at it, it's like whoa, anybody whoa, whoa. else's. What fun it's, stuff? Don't worry about okay. it. It's the, it's, <laughs> but if you look at my Facebook history, right, it's the history of this, of everything that was interesting and fun and miraculous and perfect, right? Yeah. Because that's what we capture. It's all a facade, man. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really, and I think it was at the, the moment that I saw that billboard and started thinking about this, I think I'm going to start posting just the absolute worst things every day, like on my Facebook page, not because I'm trying to transmit negativity. I don't want to do that. You know, I only ever want to transmit positivity, but I want to balance positivity with reality. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'd be like, oh, is my flat tire? But then, yeah, that might come off as negative. But but, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like reality. You want to see the picture? Like, I'll show you the picture of my backyard and it'll capture like the desert rose, which is in bloom and all this Or I could just skew the camera just a little bit to the right and you'll see this giant patch of grass that Luna, one of my dogs, just dug the just dug the shit out of it, just trashed it. And like that's reality, man. Like that's what my face that's what Facebook but you don't get that in a virtual world. It's all a facade. It's all superficial. Right. Right. I mean, this is none of this is revolutionary. Everybody kind of understands this. Yeah. But 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 now I'm hoping that people will, will will realize that and start to feel and be like, man, I don't want this anymore. I need real human connection. Like this, this is why we always circle back to best pandemic ever. Like I'm hoping that what people start to feel is I, I need to have more human connection. They'll start walking away from some of that stuff. Okay, so you may not know this, but my <clears throat> my assistant has already established our best pandemic ever Facebook page. Oh, fantastic! Oh, fantastic! Oh, fantastic. Is there, so here's here's my here's what I suggest we do, Paul. And so for listeners out there, definitely engage with us on this. Because we're gonna go, we're gonna start doing a lot of these live on Facebook through our page. But uh, for a long time, I wanted to create a Facebook page called "Keeping It Real," and that would be where you wake up, like the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, you just take a quick selfie, boom, like oh, swollen yeah. face, blap, and then just be like, "Love Monday mornings," boom, send that thing out. <laughs> it's just looking ridiculous. So for us. You know, we're going to use that as obviously the place where we have our conversation and connect with people too. And uh, but I say, why not? Why not just you know, just throw up something? Doesn't need a lot of thought. Like as you were talking, I thought, what a great post that would almost kind of be a mockery and also uh, would elicit probably some really interesting responses. It's just a picture of shoes, and then you have like over it just says shoes with a question mark, and then in the copy it says agree or disagree. <laughs> <laughs> To me, that yeah. shit would be awesome. I'm gonna do that. We're doing that. Oh man! So if that drops, like, but first. I mean, even like even like the, the, right. so the platform That's... that I am really active on is LinkedIn, right? Yeah, and same everything way. there is so glamorous and professional and like you know, it's all and it's all bullshit. Like you just skew the camera left or right just a little bit. So anyway, so that's kind of the that's a little bit about the reality of the virtual world, right? Yeah. Um, so, so obviously the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the title of this podcast was the, the pros and cons of living in a mostly virtual world. Um, and so the, the question is, what are the pros? Like, what are the pros? Well, I think, we, I think the, um, so I'm glad you clarified about the community because that, that changes the, you know, what my answer would be on this. <clears throat> um, you know, that, that's a hard one to say because, uh, for us, full disclosure, I mean, you and I are part of this. We, have definitely been getting together during this pandemic in physical space. And, um, you know, we've, we, uh, have been intentional about folks that we get together and see in person because we need to have that interaction. 
But this idea of creating more of a, a digital connection, because I think I would assume that most people don't have that luxury that we do, right? Um, if you're living in New York City or any large city, if you're single. Don't have what luxury? Which luxury? Well, uh, maybe I'd say I call it a luxury. You know, if you and I want to get together, say, Paul, let's spend the day together. You'll either come up here from Bragg or, or I'll go down there. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, uh, okay, so okay, we do okay. it. So the luxury of being able to actually get together in person. Right. And, and a big part of that, too, is also just the decision, knowing full well. I mean, if we're going to go see somebody, I let people know, like, look, you know, we're safe when we go out. I do have friends that I see on a regular basis. Um, so I'm always just making sure people understand that I'm not being careless. I wear a mask out in public. I do all of those things and I limit my contact with most people. But I have a handful of people that I do connect with and contact. So this idea of of having a virtual presence that's community oriented so that you can enhance and, and really connect. Um, that's a tough one, man. Uh, I think for some people that, and this is the first time I've really ever given some thought to this. So kudos to you for, uh, you know, challenging my, my, um, ordinary thinking. <laughs> so I've never actually <laughs> considered this as a, uh, as, as an actual issue, but, um, it is tough because my grandmother and my cousin both died this year, and we have not been able to have a memorial, a proper sending away. And these were really pivotal people in our family. You know, for me, the way I'm hardwired is I just move on. You know, I don't, it's strange, and this is, but uh, when I find out somebody that I love has died, I may cry a little bit at the moment, but it's not until I actually get to the funeral that I just turn into a waterfall. Like, that's right. So, like, I keep it all in until I'm right there in the moment, you know, and go, okay. You know, like my father-in-law died. I'm pretty sure I cried more than my wife. And my father-in-law and I were not real close, but it was just this, it brings out all this stuff when you're right there. So there is a real value in that, uh, you know, the human side of that, the mourning and the uh, sending somebody off, the, the memorial, that person, that is tougher to deal with. I haven't given much thought to that because I'm still in that, we're on a mission mode, right? Like we'll deal with that when we get to it. You know, I can... So may, let me kick this back to you because I think that's what most people are struggling with is how do we uh, – we are watching family members die and we can't go be with them and we cannot have a proper send-off form. That seems like a very grounded and um, recognizable experience a lot of people are having right now. How have you dealt with – because so here's how I'm setting this up, Paul, and here's how what's to set up the question. Um, when you cannot grieve right now – because other things have to be done. And I'm not talking about day-to-day -day bullshit. You know what I'm talking about. It's just you cannot grieve right now because you cannot physically go and see other people. You cannot physically go to that place because of other people's concerns, restrictions that have been put into place, lockdowns, whatever it might be. You have to compartmentalize or postpone that until the time that you can. I'll kick this back to you as, what, 22 years, active duty, Green Beret. Um, you have lost brothers in arms, sisters in arms, in the midst of battle, and you you don't stop what you're doing to grieve. You're, you put that away, correct? Correct me if I'm wrong. And you say, we will do that when we, we get back to base. We'll do that at this time because you're still in the middle of dealing with shit. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean. I don't know if I'm making the comparison right here, but ha you know, there's, there's something you guys are able to do to compartmentalize that in a way. How do you see that? Is that even helpful? Uh, when we think about this current situation of, of not being able to see each other in person. Well, how do you take, so, well, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there, no, but, sorry about that. I should have thought no, about no, this No, no, so beforehand. how do you take, so how do you take 
what you articulated there, and look, I don't want to misrepresent, you know, or miss the the characterization of my service as being this, you know, hardened combat vet that's been in all kind of firefights and all that kind. I've been doing this for a long time, been deployed in a long time, but I mean, that's just not that has not been my experience very much, right? So, n- nevertheless, I have, yeah, I've experienced a lot of guys being killed in battle, um, and yes, the work and the mission at hand is easy to turn back to and say, okay, we're, we're, we got to get back to work here. You know, this is life and death work. We don't have the luxury of not driving on, right? Right. Um, so, but you don't have that here. Like, what is the, what is the, um, the, the no-fail mission that people could turn to? We don't even know, they don't even have the information to confidently believe that there is a threat to, you know, to their health. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they have this thing that they can turn to to compartmentalize. So I'm sure it just it just compounds it. And the other part of it is like, uh, again, I, like if we have a loss in, in, in my family, I would be very surprised if someone can stop me from going there. Like I'm yeah. I'm going to go. I, I just I don't like that whole model. I just don't I don't know that whole that whole situation really seems it really almost seems pernicious to me because it's like. There should be, there's nothing to, what is there seriously to risk of going in there, properly protecting yourself and being with the person as they pass? Right. Like that one, I really, but we, I don't, do you know anybody? Do you know a single person that has experienced that personally? Like at the moment of them passing, when you said, I want to go in there and they said, no, you can't. Um, yes. Uh, family member, uh, well, so the family member had their direct, their immediate family around them, but um, grandmother, no, you know, uh, uncle, no. It's just very much like you can have, they really limited the number of people that could be in there. Yeah. And, and there's other factors that play in that too. You know, if you have family members that are immunocompromised. Uh, we were down in Georgia for a funeral. We were down there actually just visiting family and then, uh, you know, ended up going to a funeral down there. And um, it was for my... Uh, uh, my wife's grandmother, she passed away, not from COVID. And so they were able to have a funeral with protective gear and whatnot. Although there were some people that showed up and be like, I don't believe in this crap. Come give me a hug. And we're like, get the hell away. You know, it's like, seriously, like, that's just, that's just being an ass. So, and you know, uh, after that, one of my family members down there in Georgia contracted COVID-19. Now we don't know if that's the spot where that happened, but they now tested positive. So it really is one of these things I think that comes down to we as individuals have to make, we have to take ownership and responsibility of what we do. Just like when you and I get together in person, we are taking ownership of the fact. We're not sitting there telling ourselves any bullshit story like this isn't real. No, we know full well what we're doing. And we also fully recognize like there is always the chance we could be walking around as asymptomatic, but we just don't know. But we're not taking any unnecessary risks. It is necessary for your mental health, Paul, to spend physical time with me. I know that. Yeah, and to be clear, and to be clear, I, I'm not worried about giving it to you if I have it. Right. I mean, I might be, you know, that might be the time I'm like, hey, dude, I, I just want to stop by uh, yeah. just to see you. Yeah, definitely. Because so, you yeah. want to test, you, yeah. you really, you know, you're just trying to, it's great for marketing for this podcast. So, so yeah, yeah, so, so, I mean, I, again, there's a, there's a lot in that. I mean, yeah. we can go back. We haven't really to answered the, the question. You know, the, you're right. No, nah, nah, keep going. All right, yeah, keep yeah. going. So, so, this, you know, so this idea of having, so, so really come, yeah, because I'm having to wrestle with this as we're talking about it. Um, I do believe that there are uh, – here's the thing with the pandemic is that 
it's not going to be, we're not going to be in this state forever. Whether we get a vaccine, herd immunity, or we just learn to live with it because more data's come in and we say, you know what, hey, if you're in a certain kind of, you know, we start to see it as, I mean, like HIV, right? HIV has been with us forever. Well, not forever. Decades and decades and decades. Still don't have a vaccine. But they have found uh, treatments so that people can live a normal life, uh, you know, so that keeps the symptoms down and so on. So that might be the case with COVID-19, but we aren't at that spot yet where we just determine as a society that we can't live in permanent lockdown. So we're not living in this, you know, horrible, horrible situation that's going to go on for decades. So I do see that there will be an end to this at some point in time. Uh, where I think the question about your virtual persona or self or all of that really comes into play, um, human beings still need physical human contact. Human, most human beings need to be around each other. That's just, we're biologically wired that way. So no technology can replace that as much as we might like to think it can. So I think there's a lot of hype around these flash in the pan. Oh, great, you know, let's, let's get your digital self. There is, you know, virtual reality does have the powers you and I have talked about before. Actual virtual reality headsets and like the advancements in that, I do think that's accelerating. There's a lot of data to show that. Um, so you are able to connect. Uh, Facebook's got their Facebook Horizons coming out since they own Oculus, and it's exactly that. You have your digital presence, and we can, you and I, and maybe soon we'll be hosting the best pandemic ever in our own little virtual, absurd virtual oh, planet that we've created. Dude, I'm totally <laughs> going to create this absurd little virtual space, and then people can come and hang out with us, and it's just a bunch of avatars hanging out, but they're in real time communicating. Your brain still, it doesn't differentiate between virtual and actual, so there may be some promise in that. I would not say that that's necessarily a good thing. Um, I do believe, though, that uh, for a lot of people who are isolated, um, who do not have a community, do not have a support system, do not have a family they're with, that utilizing technology to keep those connections with the people that are outside of the realm of being able to come and visit them or to make new connections is pretty important. Um, I'd have to see what people are proposing when it comes to your digital self. But I do think that at the end of the day, anything you can use if you do not have the ability to have physical contact with other people, anything you can use to... Uh, keep those connections and build or make new connections that is important because this will pass at some point in time and then you will be able to physically see these people again but i do think there's a big danger in folks just walling off and being isolated um do i think it's uh i mean you know it, w with a billboard or a company starting like that to i mean that's capitalism right hey you know there's yeah. a crisis got an idea let's see if it works and if it does good for them they seize the opportunity you know, just like when, uh, you know, when our uh, best pandemic ever face masks go into production, that's probably going to be a game changer. <laughs> I will kill you. No, you will. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a fair point. Like to maintain, to maintain contact if it's otherwise not possible. Right. Um, I suppose that would be, you know, that would be one in the plus column. Right. Um, I just, I just, I just worry about that going on longer than, you know, there's a break point in that. There is a, you know, there's a point of diminished returns where, you know, the, the, the crisis of well-being that you are going to experience from being disconnected to people will outweigh the crisis of well-being of exposing yourself to potential COVID infection, I, I think. So what's the alternative? L taking the risk. You know, I mean, we're, we're in a place where, like, you know, 
I said before, um, we had someone come down from an, an area that was that was very different from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Was surprised to see how many people were not, you know, wearing masks. And and the response of the person she was talking to was, "Hey, this is, you know, people down here have a different risk calculus. You know, yeah. I mean, this is airborne infantry, special operations deployed all the time. They're not really they're not really sweating this all that much." I, at the very beginning of this. I remember seeing a sign scrawled on a black sheet in white paint, stood out um, across from the Walmart, of all places, that said, uh, probably because they knew that'd be the most traffic. Um, and it <laughs> said, for it sure. said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it said, um, it said uh, life is risky, live it. Yeah. Right? And, you know, to some degree, I, 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 I agree with that sentiment. Like, I'm coming, you know, I'll come out to see you. I'll go out to see Andy. I'll go out to see, you know, name a person, Justin, whomever. Um, and uh, uh, I've got um, I've got uh, Paul um, and four other guys from the football team and the swim team doing demo on a couple of houses for a guy. So this is great. This is great guy in in uh, Fayetteville. He's a retired CW3 SF guy. He's buying up these um, he's buying up these these small developments of what have become low income housing. But they didn't start that way in the 1950s. People had this vision. They made these brick duplexes like in you know groups of six. Anyway, they fell yeah. into disrepair. He's buying them and he's rebuilding them into these amazing, super high end with every modern amenity you could think of um, temporary lodging for traveling soldiers who are on temp you know, who are on temporary duty. Anyway, he's really fallen behind. He's really stretched thin. So I had Paul and a couple of his buddies um, go there, and they've spent the last two days. I mean, Paul is miserable. I mean, it is it is like what ninety degrees out there. Oh, worse. Well, the heat index is over a hundred. Yeah, he's, yeah, he is not he is not <laughs> pleased with me and his enrollment in the school of hard knocks. But <laughs> but um, no, great. I mean, they're getting a lot, a lot of it. But but I'm I. I didn't even think twice about that. It, like, it never occurred to me to be like, well, do I want them around those guys because of COVID? It never even occurred to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and people, will, and people will criticize me for being irresponsible. And I, no, that's not it at all. I just, I have a different risk calculus. So my answer to your question is, uh, when you get to that point, you got to take the chance, man. You got to get out there and you've got to interact. Now, you, if you're a little nervous, you could, t you could certainly interact in a more safe way. You know, to keep your distance. There have been places where I go where I, you know, I keep my distance because I don't know the people and, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to have um, I don't want to inadvertently infect them or vice versa. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, my answer is you've got to you've got to take some you got to take some risk when you start to get to that to that point, because I, I would challenge your notion that most people need to have human interact. All people do. All people. I mean. Maybe there's a hermit out there or a guy stuck on an island after World War Two and, you know, in the yeah. South Pacific for 40 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, we we I, I challenge you to show me the study where it demonstrates people do better in isolation or people do better by themselves. It doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, I'm not even going to go look for that study. I'm just not going to do it. Well, I'd like to, I mean, I'd like you to spend <laughs> you like me to go find it? Amount of time. How about I go write yeah, it? Yeah. I will write it. Yeah. Get back to me. These days you can pretty much write anything if you have academic there's affiliation a, and no peer review. <laughs> There's a word for that. Um, uh, the documents that come out that have not been peer reviewed, it's called something. Um, somebody put it in the comments of this episode, but it, 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 there's a name for it. And it's become and it's become very, very common for that stuff to be released really quickly. It's a it's a status. It's a something. It's, but it's the, it's prior to a peer review. Um, 
ah, it's got a it's got a name. That's an actual thing, and it's draft. and it's way more common. He, no, 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 it's, it's not, not draft. No, more, <clears throat> no, it's more erudite than that. It's more, you know, it's sounds. It's, 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 it's a bigger academic. word. It's a bigger word. Yeah, we, yeah, need, yeah. we need a dictionary yeah. for. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's a, anyway, anyway. Well, no. And, so your answer. We I, times. Well, and I would I would go back to your answer too. I mean, that's pretty much what you and I've been doing. Full disclosure, right? I mean, we do that as yeah. well. Um, so it it is you you have to take calculated risk. Um, the difficulty in all of this, of course, too, is that we are hearing a lot about it. Uh, but unless it's right in front of your face, and again, everybody's experience is different. Unless you're a, you work in an emergency room, you're in a hospital, you're dealing with people that are suffering from COVID-19, uh, then it's hard to, for us as human beings. We have to see the risk at a certain point. We have to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. In order for us to understand, you know, for some, they're turning that into, well, I'll believe it when I see it. No, 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 I believe it. I know people, I have family members that have it, not in North Carolina, mm-hmm. but I have family members that have it. Um, my family member in Georgia that has it, she's actually doing pretty well, you know, and she's in the age category where this is supposed to be pretty bad. Yeah, she's, she's like 68, right? Yeah, but she's not having, yeah, yeah. She's not having any, um, any uh, uh, hospitalizing symptoms, right? Right. So it's good. And she's taking good care of herself. So it's it's a tough one. It really is. I think the important thing is this, is that every decision that we make, we just ask ourselves, is there a chance that my actions right now could be putting somebody else at harm? If the answer is yes, then put on a mask, right? But for yourself, anybody you interact with, it's just if you interact with that person and you're making this choice, like you and I making the choice to, to get together in person, we have just, we have consciously made that decision. We understand there could be potential risks involved. But we've decided that it is uh, more valuable and healthier for us to still maintain, you know, getting together in person periodically. Um, and we've made that decision. So I think it does come down to that is that you do have to make the decision for yourself. At the same time, though, I'm very, I strongly, I'm strongly the opinion, I, I'm very, I, I can't put my words together here. I have a strong opinion, obviously, about if you, could if you might be potentially putting somebody else in danger then you know do what you need to to uh to eliminate that or minimize that so for me that's if i go to a grocery store or wherever mandate or no mandate i'm gonna wear a mask uh now if i'm out riding my bike or on a trail am i gonna wear a mask no that's just stupid you know (laughs) And so that right there, there's like, there's no scientific evidence that, you know, hey, you should be wearing your mask outside while running. That's just idiotic. So I, you know, I think the technique is recommended for you would be to wear it over your eyes uh, when you're riding. So let me know how that works out. Yeah, oh, so, no, you make, yeah, you make a good point, which is, you know, again, I'm, 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 I am, I am searching for the the potential upside and the potential downsides of this mostly virtual existence that we s- kind of seem to be in. Yeah. I don't really think we're in as much of a virtually virtual existence as is being depicted, just like everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at you and I. I mean, obviously, we are the beneficiaries of this technology on a grand scale because you and I use it a lot. We use it to interact right. with each other. We use it to record a podcast. We use it for a whole bunch of stuff, goofing around, whatever, yeah. you know. You know, truth and that. Nothing inappropriate. We don't goof around like that. Go ahead, Paul. Continue yeah. on. Just to yeah. clarify. Well, truth and advertising, clearly <laughs> a solid 60% of our use of technology is a complete waste of our time. 100%. That we yeah. just do for totally amusing ourselves. I could, 
I could bring up my not on my phone, or else I'd bring up the you bring series up the of texts over the live. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, I bring up our recent personal. texts. No, don't do yes, that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was so, so, um, so, so I guess I, I think you know you make a valid point, which is you know if you are in a high risk pool, if if you are if 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 you are under certain conditions that preclude you from safely going out and, and interacting with other people, okay, then then that then that technology, the virtual existence, I see that as a, I, I can see how that would be a pro that, that helps you to keep, it helps you to stay connected as long as you realize it's not true, real connection. It's a temporary connection. And that would be my, the flip side of that coin to the con, which is if people start to feel like this is good enough, oh, this is, and they kind of lazily get into this habit of only making that connection because, you know, like anything else, well, it's hard to get together and see people. Jesus, I mean, just going to see you, it's a two-hour drive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is marginally worth it most times. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if you were the, you know, you, you give me, you know, you give me elk meat, okay, that meant, you know, now we're making it's worth it, you know. Um, if your lovely wife and children are around, that's worth it. Bribery, you know, my friend. You and me, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's that, just me, that's just a bad deal. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. you know what I mean? So, so I, I, you know, I, I, I think that's the that's that's kind of both sides of that same coin, which is people will get lazy because, you know, it's mm -hmm. it's just easier and yeah. anything, you know. But but but, like I told, like I told my son as he's as as he came home covered in fiberglass, and I mean, it looked like he had been in a swimming pool. Man, he was soaked from head to Good. toe, and he was not happy. But uh, again, you know, we had a conversation about the school of hard knocks. You know what I mean? Like nothing yeah. worth having is easy. He's doing this as a volunteer to help somebody out, basically help out a member of the quote unquote family because this guy's an SF guy. So it's part of yeah. kind of part of my family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, um, is he 17, 15 or 17? How old is he? He's 16. He's 16. 16. Perfect. Yeah. And my younger son was going to go with him. But unfortunately, he's got a little ear infection. So I don't want to stick him out there. Just I mean, he's he's kind of suffering. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean. So all to say, you know, we all know nothing worth having comes easy. And this is a whole thing for you and I. You know, we're going to discuss this. We won't bring it up now because it's a thing that is very important to us and will creep into a lot of conversations and will dominate the conversation if we allow it to. The idea of hardship and struggle yeah. and, you know, and strengthening yourself through challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and so – but people are loath to do that, I think, or have become loath to do that. That's the fragility and the and the lack of resilience. So are they just going to say, ah, this is good enough. I, I kind of like this. I'm gonna, this is how because, you know, driving two hours to see my friend. Ah, that's not, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I hope they don't. Um, well, you bring up a good point, Paul. I mean, we we are uh, human beings. We can adapt and rewire even though we need to be around people. I mean, just think about how. <clears throat> We talked about this a lot early on before we ever started this podcast and many of our conversations is that we are more connected than ever before, but we are more disconnected as actual people. We are technologically mm -hmm. connected, but that doesn't translate into genuine connection as people, which is why there's been such a uh, backlash and more people focusing on, hey, human connection. And then all of a sudden COVID happens and they're like, oh, shit, uh, we can't have human connection. And so now we're in this this stuck place where people are realizing there needs to be more genuine interaction. We need to get back to being human. Boom. COVID-19. So I do think, uh, so I, I agree. I think there is, that is a valid concern is that the longer this goes on, 
the more we can rewire and create convenience and normalcy out of using technology to interact and connect uh, to where that becomes, you know, it's the convenience, right? It's the thing you talk about all the time is that addiction to convenience. You say it much more eloquently. What is the uh, concern? Humans and convenience rushing back to it. Convenience, convenience and comfort. When convenience and comfort come back into their life. Yeah, yeah so. that's it. Yeah. And so if you mm -hmm. can make these things, because we can adapt, right? I mean, uh, our circumstances change. We can adapt. We can look for the positive, say, hey, cool, you know, I can make this happen. I can make this work. We're good at surviving and adapting. So I could see that as a valid concern is that people just, they get into a new routine, a new rhythm in life. And the way that they connect to maintain social connections after a certain period of time, if they start to decide, well, I didn't need to be around you to survive COVID-19. So I don't really need to be around you to celebrate the fact that we came out of it because I'm busy. How, how, um, how shocking is it to you when someone actually calls you on the phone instead of texting you? Like, oh man, not shocking, but I mean, do you look at it and you're like, why is this guy calling me? You didn't, you, you know, like it's speak like, and we just kind of eased into See, that, like an old man slipping into the bathtub, as George <laughs> Costanza would say, <laughs> right? Right. We just kind of eased into that. Like, and, and, you know, and I'm as, I'm as, you know, that phone rings and I look at it and I'm like, the hell is this guy calling me? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and now I'm trying to be, I'm trying to consciously, if somebody texts me and I'm on the road, I just call them. I'm like, Hey man, I'm on the road. You know, that's kind of my excuse for, for calling back, but I don't think people expect that. So how did we get there? I think it's the same kind of thing, you know? Well, and I, I think we, yeah, no, I think you're right. So to answer your question, the only people that actually call me are people that are really close to me. And here's, here's a little confession. Most of the times they're calling me, two, one or two things end up happening. Um, I'm in the middle of, say, doing a podcast, and I may get a call. So I, obviously I can't take the call. Or I'm in the middle of working with a client. I can't take the call. The, and so, so a lot of times I don't answer. I'm, you know, I just, and, but again, these are people that I'm close with, and so they know, hey, Jared would answer if he could answer. But then sometimes it's at the end of the day, and I'm just wiped out. And if it's somebody I really care about, I don't want to have a five-minute surface-level conversation. So... I don't take the call. I'm like, just hopefully they'll leave me a message and make a note. I need to give them a call back, schedule time with them because I want that. That's usually going to turn into an hour to an hour and a half. And I'm usually just so drained. That's the excuse that I make for myself. So I'm guilty of that, of becoming so busy with everything else that making the time to really have a conversation with somebody, uh, I, I'm not the best at. Um, now I will also say on top of that is that that's really whether you call or text in the way that you communicate is, is really an agreement you make between two people unspoken. So if yeah. you call me, I'm going to answer usually because again, we can cover 90 minutes of ground in 10 minutes, you know, unlike our podcast here, which goes on for almost an hour, we but I mean, I'm thinking we're covering about 24 hours of content in an hour. Yeah. Our yeah. very first conversation, Paul, what I knew I was like, I like this guy is when we had a 10 minute conversation, I felt like we just, we just blew through everything really fast. Boom, done. It's like, okay, great. Let's let's have another one. <laughs> it was just, I was like, yeah. That was kind of, that was fun. That was how we, now that I think about it, geez, that was forever ago. It was. Um, that I was in my office. We, yeah, we, it was over a phone call. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Jeez. That's I have no idea how we got better. introduced either. I no, you was. reached out to me on LinkedIn. I think you saw something. You mentioned there's some <laughs> oh, that, friend of that yours. Sounds like bullshit, it, dude. <laughs> I can pull it up. I will pull up the OG message. Hey, Jared, oh, really geez. admire your beard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, dude. I, I, yeah, must have been something. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure I was trying to 
I'm trying, I'm trying to build a network at that point, I'm sure. Yeah. I was like, well, this guy looks Poor like choices. I'm sure he'll respond. Poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, uh, that's um, – but it is. It's an agreement. I mean, you and I communicate that way. If uh, uh, if you call, I pick up unless I just can't. Um, so, yeah. So, it is – it's very few few folks where – that's, but it's that tacit agreement. It's not. It's not. It's almost like you're forced into it. Like you text me, and then I kind of text you, and then and then now that's our rhythm. All of a sudden, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. My, my point in that is, like everything that we talk about, it you have to be deliberate in how you shape how you want your life to pan out from this moment forward. Right. right. You've got to be deliberate about it. And if you and if you decide that technology is convenient and comfortable. I think it'll have it. It'll take a turn for the disastrous. Yeah. I think you have to recognize it for what it is. Um, try to use it in ways that enhance your ability to connect with others. I mean, and so we're being kind of tongue in cheek about the way we met, but in a manner of speaking, no, it was great. You know, technology yeah. allowed us to 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 meet and you know become friends, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. But you got to take that to the next level, or it's just pointless. Yeah. And let me click best friends, right? We're best friends now. Yeah, and and on that, I, yes, and on that <laughs> note of romance and love, I think we should probably because we've been going forever, and we really have a capstone on why you know why uh, the 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 pros and cons, you know, or what the pros and cons of of a mostly virtual world are. Hey, we got a few out, but I don't know if we got them all. We well, one of the to, pros is that you can't punch me in the face virtually, you know. So yeah, <laughs> part. Oh, You're man. a husband and a father. I wouldn't do that to your children. Not uh, true. Just don't do it in front of my children, because then that I lose all credibility. You know. <laughs> so I, you know, going back to the heart of this thing. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's I, we do. I, I think the bottom line. My takeaway from all of this. The bottom line is this. Um, you have to make a decision for yourself. I my encouragement to folks is this: don't take unnecessary risks that could put other people in harm's way. So get down to the base level of, well, what's right, what's wrong, because there's a lot of information that's out there that's conflicting. Going back to the facts, COVID-19 is a respiratory infection. So if it's a respiratory infection, cover your mouth and your face, both for your sake, potentially, and for the sake of others. We still don't know what or if this thing will mutate or how that thing looks. Um, and more importantly, if you, if you could be carrying it, and you pass that on to somebody who is vulnerable, well, you know, I mean, that's not a good situation. So uh, my my thinking on all of this is, hey, I'm very independent. Don't try to control me. But at the same time, we have to take care of each other. So I'm going to take action in the real world to uh, uh, keep my physical connections going. That's why, you know, I have friends. I, we have a quarantine, right? I don't know who came up with that, but that's that makes sense. Is like you pretty much pick your team. This is our group, and we've done that, Paul. I mean, you, Andy, myself, uh, you know, and then obviously family that you've got around. So it is fairly limited compared to all the people we would normally have contact with. So if you need to have physical contact, which I encourage most people to do, and you're able to, just be selective about that. When it comes to the virtual side, remember, technology is technology. It's a tool. That's it. It's a tool. It should not become the end unto itself. Um, yeah, that's what I'm taking away. Hey, I'm a hugger. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. You're a good one too, bud. Yeah, totally. What are you going to say to that? <laughs> I, yes, acknowledge. Yeah, I, that's, totally. That, no, yes. For all sure. right. Awesome, man. Anything else you want to add to this amazing, life-changing conversation? 
No, over to you. Let's let's put a let's put a fork in this thing. All right, we're gonna I'm gonna take us out then. So again, as always, thank you for listening. And uh, if you have not subscribed, bad choice. You need to go ahead and subscribe right now, wherever you get your podcast. You also need to pass this on to other people, for their sake, not for ours. Uh, this is completely. Uh, we are saying that in the interest of your friends and family. So definitely pass this podcast on to them. Uh, leave your comments. Interact with us. I know we've been bashing, you know, virtual technology, everything like that today, but go ahead and use it. Remember, it's a tool to connect. So go ahead and connect with us. Leave us a comment, questions. What do you want to know about? What are you dealing with? Uh, what would you like to hear Paul and I go on and on endlessly about and ultimately come up with no real solid conclus- conclusion as to how people should take action? Please let us know. And we will gladly do so. But in all seriousness, thanks for listening. And uh, we look forward to being with you next week. All right. We'll see you next time.